What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. I was literally just staring at the wall and vaping, and then your hand came up to count it, and I was just in my own like <laughs> world, just uh, hissing away at the vape. Hissing away. Oh, man. Um, playing snake jazz on my vape. The butt, I don't know what you're doing, man. Sobriety has made you weird, man. <laughs> well, has it made me weird, or has it made the? Has it? Made I think it's unearthed your internal weirdness. I think you've always been kind of weird, but I think with the sobriety, you're like <laughs> you've like polished it up real good. <laughs> well, because I'm I'm recovering the the weirdness that I have <laughs> always it. wanted to see blossom. Did you see my oh, latest? That's good. That's healthy. That's healthy. <laughs> right? Did you see my yeah. latest Instagram post? Oh yeah, you did. Which the, one? The, the picture of me and my new is, album. What? What? Uh, what? How old are you in that picture? Like nine or something? Ten? Dude, you're nine or ten, really? You look like you were like fourteen. Maybe it's older. Maybe it is fifth grade. I don't I think know. You look like a middle schooler. I might be a middle. But schooler. I don't know. I, feel I can't like gauge any child's age at this point. Not even your own. You're not. You're no, just. No, I'm all. I'm all. This new roommate sucks. <laughs> Keeps making me make her grilled cheese sandwiches. Like, <sighs> God. She goes apparently works at the school. She works. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I gotta give her a ride all the time. Why don't you get your yeah, own car? To work. Can't you yeah. fucking Uber it or something? Like Jesus. Yeah. What's up with that, dude? <laughs> How uh, old are you again? Thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I've just been. I guess so. I guess it's like honed my weirdness, or there's always been. You know, I always think of my like my brand of humor is sort of this Tim and Eric, awesome show kind of thing. You. Th- I- Really? Sometimes, like with, but like with a dad joke angle to it. But I guess with a lot of dad joke angles, just because I think puns are so funny, and I think that also has to do with like bartending for so many years. Right. Um, yeah. Having these jokes, having a bad joke, or being able to make a pun is something you can do quickly, and and you can kind of just throw it out there, and everybody groans, and it's a really easy way to kind of just relate to people. I guess I don't know. My my wife loves it. She loves. <laughs> She loves that. Well, you've hung out with her a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. She loves that stuff. Yeah. Like a pun, puns and double entendres and sure. stuff. She thinks she... it's like the height of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like she'll say, like she'll do, I remember she'd like do one totally deadpan and then wait and then start to giggle yeah. at herself. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she still does that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, I think your wife follows me on TikTok. She's got a TikTok Probably. account. Well, I don't it's know all she... in TikTok. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Once again, my roommate's making these TikTok videos. I don't know. Um, that she just shares with her cousin. It might be Megan, so her. I don't know. Maybe TikTok. maybe it is. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think she's posted anything on there. It just exists as a thing. Right. 
Um, I, I think I'll get the app when we're done here and just start posting, lip syncing along to videos. Just Can't like your look. thing will be the puns, and mine will just be horrible, cringy, like Hannah Montana. California girls are unforgettable. It's, right, it's mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus now, though. It's not Hannah Montana. I saw one on on it was like a comment on YouTube, and it was like. You loved Hannah Montana. Now get ready for Wisconsin Johnson. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. But it was for this that dude Gus Johnson, that YouTuber who's Wis- fucking really funny. He is funny. He's got a he's yeah. got a sweet stash too. Wisconsin Johnson. And I was like, damn, why didn't I think of that, right. man? Well, so you yeah. you just gotta sit in your room and start thinking of like you could be like Maine Jane or. Mange, no. See, it doesn't work. It's got to have, I don't know. I think the double syllables. Double syllables. Two syllables makes it funny, yeah. We'll, you we'll, be... we'll table that. We'll table that for later. You could be the Nevada data. The uh, Nevada, yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> no? No, dude. Arizona Jonah. See, that, that, that's not Arizona Jonah is kind of funny. I was like thinking of something with California and Pornia. Like Pornia. the Calif- California. The California. Porn, pornia watcher. California. Yeah, I don't know, man. California Swornia. I don't know. Right. But we'll say. Yeah, you're right. We'll table that for the next brainstorming session. We'll table that for the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you haven't, if you haven't guessed already, you are tuned in to the A's for Alcoholic podcast, recovery podcast. Jerry and I have both. We've we are in current recovery mode. As yeah. opposed to active, what's the opposite of recovery? Like I, I guess throwing active. it away. Like what do you? No, God, that's no. <laughs> that's so dramatic, but it's true. Throwing it all away. What is it, but what but, is... Uh, but it's absolutely. But anyway, I don't know. I guess active alcoholism would be the opposite of recovery. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to look it up on your phone. Just yeah. the opposite of recovery would be like. I don't know. Like I don't know. Recovery. Um, the act of getting something back, the process period of gradually regaining one so it'd health be something and strength. Of, I guess throwing it all away, you're right, though, because yeah, it would be the act of losing okay. something if you're in the act of retrieving something. Yeah, near, maybe, maybe loss. Ooh, here. So check this out. Near antonyms for de- for recovery. Decline. Boom. Degeneration. Boom. Deterioration. Oh, wow. Those all start with the letter D, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Now we don't got to do that other one. <laughs> We can do this one. We can do this one. Decline. Um, de- what is it? Decline, degeneration, and deterioration. And deterioration. The of recovery. Give me the D, Jerry. I mean. Give me that Ds, dude. <laughs> so we originally, and you know, we may talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about, I suppose, and, unless um, we are told otherwise. But um, so D, D was originally for drown your sorrows, and it still might be about, you know, dealing with the, um, how do you deal with, with the shitty parts of life without booze. And right. now I just saw this decline, degeneration, and deterioration, which um, I never really looked at it like that when I was drinking. I never saw, like, I never saw the bad parts of it when I was in it in the early times. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I never, I mean, I never gave them much weight. I never thought about, like, oh. Right, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. My hangover, maybe. But, like, even those young hangovers at, like, 17 18 19 you just laugh that shit off and go, yeah you know what i mean it was like falling off of a bicycle like it was funny mm-hmm. just be like ah, i really ate some shit there this is like jackass and ha, then ha. you get back on yeah and hop back on it i i felt the decline 
I wouldn't even say near the end. Like I felt the decline a few years into it. I could feel my body. Like I felt sick. I would feel sicker and sicker physically. Not even from the hangovers. Just generally felt bad. Yeah. Just generally felt bad. And I knew that it was getting out of hand. Probably I would say near the end. But then how long is a period of time that the end was? Do you know what I mean? Was the end the last six months? The last year? The last two years? The what last do you 10 think? Years, you know? What do you think? I don't you? know. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know that... D- once again, we have that narrative and that myth of the rock bottom being like the absolute worst when I honestly feel like I had way worse than that rock bottom. That was just when I was done. Mm-hmm. So is that rock bottom like the end? Do I look at all that period mm-hmm. of time right up to when I finished drinking and decided to, you know, deal with all my alcoholism? Do I look at that as like the degeneration decline? Because it was like business as usual, right? It's like that slow sinking until finally you get some big events during your drinking phase or during your drinking period or whatever. Like it's always that slow kind of downhill slope. Your health starts failing the hangovers get longer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you really question whether or not you have just shat yourself, you know, that's kind of like, but then that becomes normal. That becomes like what your new normal is. And then, but then you get those brief events where everything really pops up and you get in a huge fight with your girlfriend and you end up throwing a gun out the window. You know what I mean? Or like... Not exactly, but yes, I get the the, the feeling. Right, I know. It's very specific to a Jerry Wagner. But um, but those big screaming matches with like a friend where you alienate everybody around yeah. you, those are those big events. But then once that event has passed and you've dealt with it in whatever way you've dealt with it, it's just that steady decline again. That's how it was for me. Mm-hmm. It was like this downhill degeneration that had big spikes of activity where i fucked everything up and then back back down to the march down i guess you know but it was so gradual yeah but i know for some people out there it's fast it goes really really fast you know i hear stories about people i had my first drink and i fucking necked and killed the whole fucking bottle and threw up five times and decided this was what i wanted to do and that wasn't me at all you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think in the last year if i could if i could try and piece it together because i mean memory is kind of a weird thing anyway but then you throw booze on top of it and i try to like like i don't really i don't know like i don't really remember what 2013 was all about like i don't have a real sense of that year at all i don't really know like even what 2012 13 or even those last maybe those last few years was the decline was the end for me because i was in this sort of fuzzy haze of i just work and i'd work full time and i'd work five or six nights a week and then i would drink like every single night and 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 heavily on the weekends well heavily during the week but heavily on the weekends and so it was just this perpetual the perpetual cycle of drinking waking up hungover go to work make money spend the money on booze, even if it was just like stop at the corner store and pick up stuff. Like, and I, right. I don't ever remember like that idea that it was, it was, it wasn't a choice looking back. Like that was exactly how I needed to cope with, with whatever, right. just with the day. Well, and one the of the night. factors too, is that like the social aspect in your life was, I mean, as soon as you moved to mm. Napa from Seattle, I, I, I was concerned about you, like even in our alcoholism, that you were going away because I knew that social aspect was gone. 
Mm-hmm. Like I knew that you didn't have us around to drink with and that right. like I even thought I would even tell Megan like I wonder if it's going to get worse for him because he's getting drunk all alone. And then of course Walter followed you down for a brief period of time and then Walter ended up back up in Seattle again and then Right. And so but I didn't, you know, I met a couple of people here and there were people like my friend um uh you never met him. No, you did meet him. He was in the he was in the he was in the living room when you tattooed the bottom of my foot drunk. My yeah, that really Chris. cool guy. Yes, yeah. Chris, yeah, cool so Chris. Chris. Yeah, cool Chris, Chris was cool so as hell. So Chris was yeah. super cool and he lives in Seattle mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. um but he so like there was a little bit, but I know exactly what you mean because I moved away from a full circle. I wouldn't I mean I, I guess it was as best a support system as we could come up with, which is we were all <laughs> alcoholics like sharing our misery. Do you right. know what I mean? But but yeah, but we were very close though, and so I guess, you know, that was some type of benefit or yeah. positive mark about us as a group of friends. You know? So I think that that was definitely like a step down from because because there was now I was I was not drinking socially as much for sure um I just I just have this really hard time like trying to piece together the last couple of years the last few years before I got sober and like like what was it all about and I was I I mean I can tell I can look at my my resume and I know where I was working right yeah and I can kind of go back and be like oh yeah I remember I would be drinking at work and then I would drink heavily at work on the nights where I, I carpooled with somebody with one of the managers and Mm -hmm. she was the one driving. And so I knew that I could get nice and fucking liquored up. I can't even imagine those car rides home with you. Just shit (laughs) faces. She never knew. seeping booze out in the car. She never knew what, or if she, but if if she she was a bar manager, she must've drank too though. She might've been drinking too. Probably not like you. No, but she had to drive. Maybe like you, who knows? Yeah, Yeah. Who knows? I don't think so. I don't think that was her issue, but I mean, she still, I mean, there was always like, it's a restaurant, man. There was always something, little wine to taste here, little. Oh yeah, dude. Restaurants are, I mean, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but restaurants are full of drunks. I love (laughs) restaurants. I love them for that. I Mm -hmm. worked in restaurants, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so there was a lot of that and so but it still was kind of hazy because I would be there was never a time there was rarely a time when I would reset the drunk where I would get sober for long enough right. now that I think about it for long enough for me to clear it out of my system. So even if I said, "Oh man, I really hit it hard the last 3 days. I should take it easy tonight." Taking it easy still meant I'm going to go get a six-pack of beer and lay in bed. <laughs> because I'm just going to drink beer in bed. I'm going to watch something on my computer. I'm going to order some fucking $50 worth of Chinese food that I'll eat for the next two days so I don't have to leave mm-hmm. the house, and I'll just right. lay low. And that sixer would have been tall boys. Pro- oh, sure. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Uh, it's They weren't like normal bottles of like Blue Moon. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Or Rolling Rock that has like 2% alcohol in it. They mm-hmm. were like probably tall boys and some high-gravity <laughs> shit. Speaking of Rolling Rock, I bet that would be uh, Sisyphus's favorite beer. <laughs> Get bum, it? Bum, bum. Yeah, dude, it's you need to old... take that over to Nabil. You leave that out of this podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Oh, that's some Greek yeah, god dry, humor. Drive me to fucking relapse of that shit. <laughs> My Reader's Digest pun dead My humor. My Reader's Digest puns, dude. So, but I guess... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, Continue. so you're I right. They were. Really it was good. usually super cheap beer. There was the... I mean, not that this is important, but there was the occasion where if I got like a nice bottle of rum to drink straight from the bottle, I would get like some fancy beers on the side. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. A nice bottle of rum to drink. I got a nice uh, Kraken to drink straight from the bottle. I don't know if Kraken was good rum, but... 
It's fine. It was mostly it tastes sugar. like molasses. Yeah, yeah but I would get like fancy shit. dark rum, and then I would get like some Belgian lager or some right, German. and then just bottle it too. You didn't even uh-huh. have like a fancy. You didn't even have a skull shaped glass or anything. It would be like maybe the first glass would be like in a glass. Right, because there is we have to be refined here. Yeah. Pinkies up, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like for me too, it's the same thing. It's so funny you say that because. I love the. I really relate to the point you say where you're like, I really hit it hard. I feel awful. I'm gonna take it easy tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I, and then that makes me think of all, like, that. We always go into this around this time of year too. The sober January, dry January, uh, mm-hmm, and November and all that shit. And like, there's another guy in another podcast. There's a guy in another podcast I listen to who's doing like a sober January who drinks a lot. He's like a he drinks a lot, like mm-hmm. he's a big drunk, and he's like sober, and everybody's like really stoked for him, and so am I. I'm like, good man. I hope like you get something out of this month that maybe shows you like, huh, getting fucked up all the time really is kind of <clears throat> not beneficial to my health or well being or happiness, you know. But then you know you have a lot of other people who are like, yeah, I'm thinking about taking a month or two off. I've been hitting it pretty bad, and like it always just, I don't know, man. It makes me feel negative. So I don't not not a major negative way, just in that little way of like, I see someone in denial. Maybe that's the term I'm looking for. Is I recognize someone who's in denial, Mm -hmm. and they're just like flying that shit out there all wild. Like I'm in total denial. Do you know? I need to take a couple. Maybe I should take it easy. When it's like, yeah, you're right. And so I, I think that that's difficult for us to see because one. You know, you know, you know what the answer is for you. Not that you know what the answer is right. for that person, you, for them, or this commenter on it, or anything. Right. You know, but it's but still you like know, I'm you like, know mm. what works, and you know, right? We know that that alcoholics, as vastly different as they are, as core human beings, we're pretty similar in the things that work and the things that don't work. Not everything is binary, but there are some things that are. You know, drinking an entire bottle of vodka in a night is bad. I mean, I would say empirically and right, binarily, right. that is bad. You know what I mean? Getting right, up, okay, in the, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Getting up yes, early in the morning exactly and drinking mean, yeah. a lot of water and going for a run, that's a good thing, right? right. Again, right. everybody's different. But when you hear that denial, you, you're, I think, what I hear is that you're conflicted because you want to help, but at the same time, I don't want to hear your bullshit. Right, exactly. And it also, I there is an internal kind of conflict going on because I do feel a twinge of guilt in that I'm like, Jerry, what position are you in to judge this person? Because I'm absolutely mm-hmm. judging them. Yes. And also, like, I'm all, I also want to, yeah, shout it out, like, from the fucking rooftops. Like, dude, do this. If You know what I mean? Like, just try what I'm trying. You'll feel better, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you'll feel better. But I also don't want to be one of those people who join CrossFit and tell you all about fucking CrossFit all the time. You know what I mean? Or be like, yo, it's all about CBD. Rub it all over your body. You know, like I don't want to be one of those people because that's not really my jam. When I started going to the program at the beginning, yeah, I remember having those distinct thoughts like everybody should be working a program. It would benefit us as a society if people work a program. And now as I get older and farther into the program, I'm like, well, it just would benefit me if I work my own program and then we'll, you know, society will have to figure out their own thing because what am I going to do? Go tell everybody? In my first 12, my first year of sobriety, I shoehorned the fact that I was in recovery in like every fucking conversation I could have Mm -hmm. because I was so proud of myself, you know, and I was so proud of what I had accomplished. But to other people, like normal people, they're like, congratulations, you're not 
a falling down drunk. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I would say too that like, hey, if society did come knocking at your door and said, hey, I need some help, how did you do it? You would tell them like, or you'd be like, hey, motherfucking twelve steps. We all don't gotta believe in God, but you know, and say, you gotta hey, humble your meet ass. me at a meeting. You know, I'll pick yeah, you exactly. up at seven. Um, need to be hum- need a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Yeah, and I think that's also a difficult thing for for us as alcoholics who've been through the program that we've been through is that you want to help, but at the same time you know that there's only you can't help if somebody else doesn't want it. So to hear people talk about hemming and hawing about it, you go like, well, if you want help, I can tell you how I did it, or you know, quit hemming and hawing about it because it's right. either got to be one right. or the other. And um, you can work a positive program and drink if you're not an alcoholic, I believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if you don't have that mental obsession with this thing, right? But I guess, you know, the other point I want to make is when I see the comments, not this gentleman himself who's Mm -hmm. taking this thing because he's just, I mean, he's obviously unhealthy from it. He even posts about how his doctor tells him he should quit drinking. He feels physically unhealthy. He's like, I'll give this a try. But those other commenters that are like, do make those comments i just always think like you know like you say hemming and hawing you know, i always think like half measures availed us nothing mm-hmm. you know a half measure will avail you nothing yeah you know and so i'm like i don't know i, I but but then again once again it's that's my ego and i gotta fucking peel that shit back and be like hey dude mm-hmm. you know it's not up to you to judge this person it's not uh, it's not you know they're before the grace of god you know yeah there i'm just throwing all that fucking all those little Hey, what, what did they call them? Those little aphorisms, platitudes, aphorisms, platitudes, the um, needlepoint platitudes, or yes. whatever you always say. <laughs> the the banal needlepoint platitudes. The banal needlepoint platitudes. You know, I throw those out there. But um, speaking hmm. of which, and that's a Mishka Shubali quote. He's got a new story out on Kindle and or Audible that um, anybody listening who likes good storytelling should should check out. That's just, I'm yeah, not, I'm not getting any change from him, but. I just think it's super cool. He's got a new story out. But um, I think another thing with like the dry January and people who are taking breaks and stuff like that, I, it sounds to me like this guy is genuinely concerned for his health and thinking maybe right. I should do this. There's a lot of two. I'll see this on YouTube a lot where people will do things like I went to bed at 730 p.m. for 30 days and see what happens or I cut out sugar for 30 days. And so it becomes this sort of um, this this uh what's the word i'm looking for this sort of you know showing off or oh like a, almost like a virtue signaling yeah, virtue signaling like a, or yeah. exhibitionism exhibitionism is great especially for this culture we live in dude and so very exhibitionist i am <laughs> so i wonder if you know if it wouldn't i hope whoever this is is they're they're taking it genuinely regardless of whether you're posting it on social media or not i think that's fine that's entirely up to you we um we we have a podcast with an Instagram page, so <laughs> it's you know do what you will, um, right? But I think that for me, my intentions had to be pretty clear at the end about what I was doing, and not because I had had so many days of, gosh, I should really stop this. This really hurts, or oh gosh, I can't believe another morning like this, or oh man, I right. I am mm-hmm. so tired of feeling this way. And so I should, I should, I should until that one day where I said I am and like 
flipped everything you know like seriously yeah, yeah. like i know it's serious it makes me laugh it, it's that like, sounds a little funny i i know it does i should i should i should i am right you know and then you're like or just the new age crystal chakra mm-hmm. shit you're like i am i am which is the cynic in me always like laughs at those things that's but okay. you're absolutely right i should i should i should because i mean how many times I laid in bed so many times doing the are you an alcoholic test that AA would provide on my phone mm-hmm. and answering yes to all of them but one and then being like, I'm all right still, you know, Hanging like on. just got one. And the one didn't even pertain to me. It was like, have you ever had a DUI or something? I'm like, nope, never had a DUI. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm never not had a driver's license either. So I'm good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like never really knew how to drive. Mm-hmm. I've Yeah. But that denial's funny because I always would think that I wasn't in denial. I would always say, I'm not in denial. I know exactly what I am. I'm a fucking alcoholic. And I'll tell everybody I'm an alcoholic. And it's a cutesy, funny thing. And it's part of my personality. But then I was in absolute denial that it was like fucking me up fundamentally. You know, that mm-hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't just a heavy drinker who's charming and drunk. And, you know, it was like fucking my entire life up. Well, that's why we're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't fuck my life up, I wouldn't be here doing this. It was just, I mean, for so many years, I remember, I, even even in the best of times, in the most fun of times, in the in the mm-hmm. in the happiest, most lucky care, you know, lucky happy go lucky times. Right. It was all that I remember us ever thinking about accomplishing was, right. what are we gonna do? To, to get, get drunk up. to get drunk mm-hmm. tonight yeah. where who's got what who's where are we gonna go who are we gonna see we there was so much effort and energy into like planning and organizing even if it was like you got some whiskey i'll bring some beer we got some beer we got some drugs oh so so and so said they can get some drugs we should get some drugs we should get some, let's weed. Get some drugs let's get right. some cocaine and then we can drink all night and then somebody's like i got a strip of acid and i'd be like yeah let's do that and then Boom. next thing i know i'm fucking drinking milwaukee's best at 8 a.m with todd kuzer at the coffee corner fucking parking lot before my shift right. to go away you're supposed tables. to be on shift yeah, yeah exactly basically. and i think he drove me to work he was my manager at the time too you know oh, yeah, like, no, i know <laughs> So, um, I saw some of those shirtless wrestling matches. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's such a, um, that was it. That was the motivation. And that was the, the point and the purpose of every single night. There was never any larger ambition. Right. Or at least I, I, I don't know, know if I necessarily have any larger ambition now. It's just my motivations aren't just getting fucked up. You know, I was thinking while you're talking, I was thinking about my life, how it is now versus then. And, like now there's just kind of this, I mean, I get overwhelmed and frustrated, but there's this like quiet kind of peacefulness to it. You know, there's just kind of like daily routine of things that I do every day. And these moments I have where they're really profound and they're stupid. They're such stupid moments that I would think would be so just so they wouldn't have any weight at all while I was drinking. But just even today, like I ran and I was on the track and just the wind do you know what i mean like feeling it on my body and just knowing that my arms and legs are doing what they're supposed to be doing and shit it was just very profound to me i just had this moment where i was like i am in this moment doing what i'm what i'm built to be doing this is what i'm built to be doing do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. me personally you know as a human being and as a thoughtful person and as a kind person i'm in this moment being mindful experiencing my arms and legs moving propelling me forward in a controlled fall 
mm-hmm. you know, with the sweat on my body and, and the, you know, and it's freezing and it's just, I don't know. It was just this tiny, quiet, profound moment. Or I have it when I'm just laying there on my daughter and she's reading a book or I'm just rolling around with a dog, you know, any dog. I'll just grab a dog off the street, bring him in the house, man. <laughs> You know, and just be like, roll with me. It's not even a dog. Sometimes it's a child and the police come, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling. That was <laughs> but seriously, I mean, those things, you know, you talk about being a cynic, but it's true. And you get to those, you you have those real moments of human experience. And you're like, holy I just, shit. I don't remember having them drunk. And if I did have any profound experiences drunk, it was usually because my emotions were so raw from drinking or my all of my inhibitions were so dropped that I would just, my uh, uh, reaction to it would be so inappropriate. It would, it wouldn't just be this moment of taking it in and living within that moment and mindfulness. It would be this like outpouring of grief. You know what I mean? Like I would just cry my fucking ass off for nothing. Just crying, 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 crying. And it was never crying like, Oh, this is a beautiful moment of time. It was like, why did all the bad things happen to me? Why did they happen to me? You know? And never, never processing any of the underlying oh, issues dude. that led to the right. to the tears. Where now I think about the bad things happening to me growing up, and I was like, "Well, they fucking happen. They're not happening anymore. So what do we do with that? You know, we learn how to deal with the habits we learned to cope mm-hmm. with those bad things. You know, we have to like, you know, remedy those or rectify those or fix those. You know, or maybe fix is not the right word, but you know, reconcile, force come adjustment, to terms. reconcile, come to terms." Any of any Which number is, of things, however, however you need to, I right? Because fix is a weird word, man. Fix is mm-hmm. always weirded me out. Well, I mean, there's, I, I think that, I think that, I think that I have fixed a lot of things in my life, and I, I think, right, well, right. I have, I have changed things, and therefore feel better because of those changes. Um, there were things that didn't work very well the way that I had been doing them. And when I changed those, you know, changed those actions and developed better habits toward the other thing that I wanted or toward just, like you said, the peaceful and contentment. Maybe you don't, I'm not saying you have to be ambitious or have some large no. dream yeah. no. in your life that, <laughs> right. that yeah. needs to be fulfilled. What if you, this is it and you have found fulfillment in some way, then that's fucking, fucking beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. The simplest things, I think, are the most beautiful sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's why I would always hear about five-year goals. or where. And recovery to me before I went to recovery was always really daunting because it was like, now I have to go do shit. Now I have to go be fucking responsible and do all these things and be a, be upright and pay bills, and which mm-hmm. I do now. But do you know what I mean, though? Like, have to have a goal. I mm-hmm. need to have some type of ambitious goal and want to take over the world. And I'm just... Man, in my recovery, I'm just like, fuck the world. I want to do my thing and make sure that the people around me are, you know, treated kindly and try to be compassionate. And just those tiny, simple things, those little acts to me uh, just mean so much more than I did all that other bullshit, like having a fucking car, or, you know, any, having nice things or just anything. Just and yeah, I mean, and that's that's so all so shallow. That's so that's up for you. That's for you to define what are nice things. Word. Do you not feel right. like you have? Are you comfortable in your home? Does your you know? Do you not have nice things? That's a nice shirt no. you got on. I like that shirt. Nah, this that paid three bucks for this shirt on Amazon. 
Boop, boop. I did. It's one, it was seven bucks. It was one of those softies. I could use some more walk-in closets, you know? <laughs> you need more of them? No. You need, exactly. <laughs> I don't even have one. I guess I think the idea, whenever I think of ambition, is those YouTube channels like that idiot with the bookshelves in his garage. Do you know what I mean? Like this really mm. shallow, mm-hmm. insincere, like, asshole with a Lamborghini because he doesn't know how to talk to girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, that's, I don't fuck with that. Like, I'm just like, man, I just... That doesn't align with what my life goals are, you know? Is that the... Are you talking about Ty Lopez? The idiot with these, like, I got all these Lamborghinis yeah. and five bookshelves in my garage. And I'm like, that's dumb. Who that's keeps books dumb. in their garage? That's weird. Yeah, because it's like ran out of room in your house? <laughs> nah, dog. Sell some Lamborghinis, get a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all upset. I'm really upset about that. I, I can tell. So I just, I think that that's really, and I struggle with it too, about defining my own, my own definition of success and value and self-worth and all of that shit is so, like, it's hard for me to, I have to remind myself that it's up to me. And because I'll be thinking, oh gosh, if I only had this amount of money or if I lived in this house then everything would be fine. And it's like, well, what can you do to be happy now? Right. What can you do to be happy today? I like, I got to go out today and went on a big, long, uh, hike. And we did a bunch of, uh, I filmed Nabil and I went out and I filmed him running and did some stuff. And I'm going to do some running videos with him. Cause I've been, oh, really? I've been, well, I've been doing those with myself, but it's, it's hard when I'm trying to, if I'm the subject and the, and the, the, the director you know like i can't yeah there's a lot of things i can't do there's a lot of shots i can't get you can les stroud did it never watched survivor man mm, no i don't know no i was hoping you'd laugh at that les stroud was like a survivor man dude who was like uh bear grills but better mm-hmm. and he did it all himself so he would set up a tripod hike up a huge hill to get an establishing shot and then run all the way back down the hill grab the camera off the tripod Jesus. do you know what i mean yeah. it's just like way more work though right. but yeah i hear you but well, that is also you don't have to do it the inconvenient way like les stroud because national geographic's not paying you any money so. i mean if they want to i'd be i'd be down i'll run up and down the mountain just be like a man who runs John's <laughs> next on a next. middle-aged white guy running in northern california yeah well i told i i don't i don't know if i told you but i wrote a letter to the uh, chief marketing officer of merrill shoes running shoes I'm, I'm not surprised you do that <laughs> shit all the time and i told her i said hey well originally it was like mishka shubali is selling his big van his big green van and i said mm-hmm. well, you should buy this van and then we we deck it out and i go drive around the country and I run in races and run through national parks and I film the whole thing. And then we put it out as like, you know, the marketing campaign for Merrill Shoes. You know, and like what'd they say to you. I, I haven't heard they, back. You're waiting. We're, we're in conversation. <laughs> I mean, currently it's a one sided conversation, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers, Johnny. Big ups to you, man. I mean, big ups. Lord of mercy. What, what, I mean, what, if, they if, what happens that one day if it, ha- it goes, it happens though, is what. I mean, I can see you're laughing you and fuck with you because you were writing to Elton John and Ellen DeGeneres and shit. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay. But then one day it really does happen. And I'm just sitting around like a campfire for some reason, just being like, and John made it happen. John made it happen. They sold him that Mishka Shubali shitty van. And <laughs> his fart van, it's you know, fart, just driving yeah. around in a punk rock fart van. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So you never know, man. I so I I don't know. Meryl shoes, huh? Mm-hmm. So, but then I was like, well, why not fucking? Maybe I could do videos for him. I'll do. I'll work for Meryl, and if Meryl doesn't want it, then I'll work for Nike or Adidas or Gary V's got shoes. Maybe I should go talk to that fucking guy. He's who's all, uh, Nike? I mean, who's Gary V? Who's Nike? Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, you. I guess he's not on your Instagram feeds or anything like that. He's this super like raw swears a lot motivational dude all about telling people to go out there and fucking just go get it you can make you want money you go make money i made money i worked fucking 80 hours a week in my dad's wine shop and you know so anyhow it's not i'm surprised you haven't heard of him him. oh that's fine but is he the dude that sang for that band no (laughs) i don't think so he looks like an old punk rocker but uh he just walks around and hoodies and shit but so i just thought like i could go and make these videos and maybe i could you know do like this is crazy to even say this out loud but i could do sports and athletic photography right you know oh this dude's like uh you listen to a lot of these dudes huh these like motivational dudes that tell you about business and shit i do listen to some business stuff yeah i don't i don't like it's all dry to me i thought it was the guy from the crow mags Oh, John Joseph. Because the guy Joseph. from the Cro-Mags yes. is like this vegan dude. Yes. Yeah, and then I started following him on Instagram, but then it didn't last very long. I, I respect <laughs> his opinion. I just don't need him to yell it at me on Instagram, so I just got rid of it. I, have... I was like, I like the Cro-Mags. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, if you eat meat, you're a fucking <clears throat> pussy. And I was like, I guess I'm a pussy. <laughs> and then I'm sorry, unfollow. man. I don't even feel right being here. I shouldn't even be here. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. I have like his in a book. positive way. It's ca- yeah. He's got a book called PMA, The Positive Mental Attitude or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you vegan? You're not vegan, are you? I'm vegan by default because I just watch the calories and it's easier for me to eat, you know, mushrooms. Like you're not and- eating any of your protein. You don't eat meat at all, really, huh? You're no. vegetarian at I, least. Yeah. Basically, I don't eat. Yeah, I actually basically vegan i don't eat cheese i don't eat meat Man, i just eggs. had chicken right now I sounds just had good I, I eat yeah. beans and rice and um lots of spinach and uh lentils every once in a while and so i mean probably just run so clean hey you man probably fart awful though you probably fart horrible i fart horrible i'm sorry i'm putting this out in this podcast <laughs> in the world but it is rough you can get that some... doctor told me mm-hmm. sorry i don't mean to interrupt no, you no, but please the doctor this is important jerry yes she said jerry you need to lay off the coke zeros and anything carbonated. Try to take it off for three days and see what happens. So I haven't had a Coke Zero in like three weeks now. It's been about almost, yeah, tomorrow will be three weeks since I've had a Coke Zero. Yeah. Or anything carbonated. I haven't had anything carbonated in three weeks. How do you feel? I'm still farting horribly, so it's obviously not that. So It went away for a little while, and I was like, wow, man. Mm-hmm. I don't have that horrible flatulent anxiety. And nah, man, it's like back with a vengeance. And I'm just like, what have I done? And she's like, well, you got to stop eating cruciferous vegetables. And I'm like, I cut that shit out so long ago. I haven't had broccoli in such a long time. Like, okay, so then what else is it? What else do I you just, eat? I, maybe I just swallow a lot of air. Okay. Well, no. you know what I eat every day? What? Every single day is um, yogurt. Right? So I eat Greek yogurt because it's real high in protein. So I can mix it in a smoothie and I get that protein so my blood sugar doesn't go low mm-hmm. during the day. I think you could probably find some alternative to the Greek yogurt. Right, like some but then if I do protein powder, I know it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. I don't you, on, I I would just try a different like do uh do a plant-based yogurt. I don't mean to push you in that direction. You can do I'm, what you I'm want. I'm looking for the lower cow one though, but maybe I should try the plant-based yogurt and just eat the cows and fuck it. 
All I can say the, is that one cup yeah. of the Greek is like, a, I mean, we're going to get into this talk on the conversation, but one cup of the Greek is 110 calories. Right. right. And then I look at one cup of like oat or one cup of like almond and it's like 140, 150, 160 for a cup, sometimes okay. almost 200 for a yeah. cup. And then I'm like, God damn, like, don't want to, don't want to do that. I want, I'm still trying to maintain, you know, I but, know I would just, I would say, I'm not even saying cut out meat, but I would say if you try to get rid of the dairy, the dairy dude, it's the dirty good. dairy that's getting up in your yeah. guts, man. And then you know what's up? If I get rid of that dairy, dude, I can go back to drinking them Coke Zeros again. You know what I'm <laughs> You're already, there. You are fucking negotiating <laughs> with yourself, dude. That's, no, I was like just a, joking. No, but that's the I alcoholic do miss them, brain. Though. You're like, you know, Megan found one because there was like three on top of the fridge. She <laughs> found one. Cracked it open and drank it because I had them all up on the because I, I don't have any room for my Coke. So I'd put them on top of the fridge and there were like three left. And uh-huh. she cracked one open and she was like, damn, I thought this was a root beer. And it's a Coke Zero. So I'm going to drink it. Wait, who opens up a can of soda without looking at the label? My wife. <laughs> Things just like happen sometimes she to her. Like she didn't see the different color or something. She just it grabbed the can and cracked it like in the dark, I guess, and poured it into a glass in the kitchen and went, oh, this is Coke Zero. This label's black and the root beer label's brown. Weird. But anyway, she's like, do you want a sip? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't take one though. And I walked by the can in the kitchen and there was like a quarter of it left in the can. I like picked it up and shook it and like felt this fucking strong urge to just like just down this warm soda. It was so crazy. So crazy. But now as I'm going to this mindset, I'm like, really, I got to be abstinent on soda now too. Like I can't even just have a nice soda at the movies. Is that going to turn into a soda binge? And then I'm just going to be farting up a storm and. Well, if you if you go by your program, then yes, because that's just the way your brain is wired. I don't know. I don't buy into or it. Or you can fucking have a Coke Zero. I just think I think you're might... talking about this denial earlier, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, John. I don't know. But see, I haven't had any soda yet, so I'm fine. Like I really do. I mean, but then once again, it's like, yeah, the dude is like three weeks sober. Is like, fuck yeah, I can go to the bar. No, I'm fine. Hang out for karaoke night. Yeah, I'll just which have I've fun. done, have but a, have a cranberry yeah. and soda, club soda, mm-hmm. you know. And then right. the next thing you know, you don't stop believing fucking sweet Caroline your way into the fucking ER. In, yeah, into the, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I would like try to cranberry and soda water and end up doing like four fucking Red Bulls though, like being sober and drinking like four Red Bulls, and then You're like, yeah, yeah, this yeah is good. just. Yeah, it felt like the tire tracks in the DeLorean and the Back to the Future movies, just like a streaming fucking line of fire, you know. Mm-hmm. You should try. Um, you should try almond milk and get the powdered peanut butter. I do so, almond milk. So do now. do almond milk and get go check out this powdered peanut butter stuff. Uh huh. Basically, it's like a fraction. I have some of that stuff it's, too. I think it's great. I think it's delicious. And you I don't like know. it, huh? <clears throat> well, I don't eat it like by the spoonful i put it in the smoothies and stuff like maybe that. that's what i'm doing wrong i'm eating it by the spoonful <laughs> no i'm just no. fucking with you i've never put it in a smoothie actually i would just mix it with water and make sandwiches with it what but it that's was ne- yeah what? because it so, turns into peanut butter on, if you mix slow it with down. water you just mix the powder and water you're making powdered peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> yeah not anymore i'm using real peanut butter now okay i've i've gained a little weight though mm. i'm, I'm i've I've gained about three pounds, so I'm at 153 now. But I fluctuate between 153 and 155. Okay, but you understand, like you look great. You look exactly. I'm the fine. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. no, I have awful body dysmorphia though. Like right. if you talk about what I do, I actually honestly <clears throat> do. Like I look at my body and I'm like, "Fuck, I need to fix this shit." It's gotten real weird, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have an eating disorder necessarily because I still enjoy myself. 
I just count calories more. Mm-hmm. But like Megan will be like, you look strong. And I'm like, I'm a sad, fat fuck. And I'll run out of the room. <laughs> just keep, go do two just, miles. You know, just run. my butt cheeks flapping in the wind. <laughs> just go do two miles. I did four and a half today. That's awesome. And then I didn't make my steps the other night. I lifted weights and didn't make my steps and went out and ran two. Nice. After lifting weights during the day. Yeah, but then, I don't know, man. It's cold. It's cold. I can't wait for the weather to get nice. Yeah, John. I know. Me too. Me too. Tell me about it. Um, and podcast listeners. Mm, yes. Rain miles count weird for double. Th- Rain miles count for double? <laughs> Says who? Yeah, I don't know. Then I ran fucking eight, nine miles today then. Yeah. We, but I, I think this podcast is funny because it did start off straight recovery and now we're doing this weird intersection between runners and recovery. Like, mm-hmm. Except neither of us are. Yeah, I would say you're a more experienced runner than I am. Only in that you've ran like half marathons and shit and have those, you have special shoes. <laughs> um, I will say this about, and we're going to talk about this in a couple episodes and we're going to, we're going to commit a whole, um, a whole episode to this is that part of the program that we're in, they talk about, they talk about practices, principle these principles in all your affairs. And right. part of what happens with, with alcoholism or what did happen in alcoholism for me is that all the parts of my life that all the stuff that makes up John, all the, the financial, the mental, the emotional, the relationships, the, um, the physical, the health, all that stuff. And the fitness, like they were all eroded. They were broken. They needed to be repaired on some level. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, then, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough that just getting, just getting sober was not good enough for me. I mean, it wasn't, right. I was still going to, I was going to die from something sooner than I was. I was not healthy. You saw me. Right. And you saw yes. me after you saw yourself change from right. being hugely overweight to being absolutely in the green as far as the optimal. I mean, I don't know if you've checked your body mass index, but I'm sure that it's pretty fucking optimal. I don't know either. So. Actually. Don't. Um, but that was Siri. That's okay. Siri started talking to me. And we'll talk about that. I think in a couple of episodes, we're going to commit a whole, uh, hour to it. But so as far as the running and the fitness, like, I think it's, I believe that it, it was, it was the next step that I needed to take. And I saw you do it first. And I was like, fuck, I think that I can do this. So, right. Man, speaking uh, of all this running fitness shit too, I got to go get blood tests tomorrow. You're going to do fine. I got to go do it. I know, but I have to fast, and I hate. Mm. I, I don't mind the fasting. The problem is getting up in the, tomorrow morning and not being able to have a cup of coffee. Like I just gotta get mm. up and get everybody ready and get them out to school, and then drive our car down to the clinic and go get blood taken and bring a granola bar so I don't die. Yeah, think of it and then like come back and work out. Mm-hmm. Think of it like like in the drinking days. I mean, you wouldn't like get up and crack a beer. You would you would go. You would be hungover as fuck. And you would go right. through the whole day, and you would probably even work fucking hungover, you know, obviously. Yeah. And then you yeah. wouldn't drink until 5 p.m. So it's like, it, you'll be fine. Bring bring a yeah, little ice, yeah, bring right. a little ice coffee only, and a granola, and you'll be fine. It's literally like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it sucks to not have If I'm coffee. up by 6.30, they're out the door by 8.30. Mm-hmm. That's two hours. Then down to the clinic. I don't have an appointment. I just got to walk in and be like, yo, I need my blood taken. It's that fucking eight-hour fast. It's always best to do it right in the morning when you wake up, you mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But there's always school in the morning, and I always got to get them, you know, I always got to get all of it ready. Anyway, right. this is not interesting podcast. <laughs> not at all. So <laughs> Not at all. Let's just cut all that out. In in the in the modes, I mean, but this is this is what we deal with in recovery, and if there was if there was if if you were drinking, you wouldn't give a shit about blood tests. You wouldn't give no, a shit fuck, about no. longevity. Mm-mm. You wouldn't give a shit about your kid. I mean, maybe you no. would, but I mean, you. Well, I you, would, but it would be more in the sense like, don't catch on fire, don't die. Go to go to school. And, Other than that, I'm yeah. like, get out, just leave me alone. You're too loud. You're, I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're being way too much work. You're fucking, you know. Ugh. So I think that I think that there are things that we are that we are able to do in recovery that we weren't able to do while we were drinking, whether it be absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I think if. If there weren't, then there would be no contrast between the two. What's mm-hmm. the use of getting sober, going into recovery if there's no contrast? You right. know, I think that's one of the most valuable tools we have as far as being sober people and to being sober to those people around us is the contrast between what it was like and what it is like now. I mean, that's the big cornerstone of like our even our program is like what it was like and what is it like now you know like what it was like what changed and what it's like now mm-hmm. and it's, i what is it strength what was it ex- what is it hope. experience strength hope mm-hmm. i don't know what order but it's strength hope experience is the one i always think of it as. Mm-hmm. and i hope that like that guy that you know the podcaster you were talking about on instagram who was like i'm gonna take 30 days off and see how it, how yeah. it feels i you know i wish that i would have had the wherewithal or the uh, self-awareness to to say hey maybe i should try this now of right. course as an alcoholic i didn't that wasn't a that wasn't an option i was too too wrapped up in my own stuff but right like could you ever think of doing a sober no i never no i was just like no man i'm fucking i am strapped in leave me alone i've got shit to do i think there was there was a period where i tried i did it for two months sober i was right for two months and how, and we, fucking, how hard do we bust your fucking balls you guys made fun of me like constantly. Every, constantly i told you your doctor was a quack yes for telling you to get sober and then how did you feel for those two months you're awful i hated awful. it i was miserable i was mm-hmm. unhappy i remember being like laying on the couch and like watching tv or something like that and just like this is fucking bullshit life sucks right. i fucking hate this and i don't want to be here and this is so stupid why am i doing this why don't i just drink because i wasn't replacing it with anything it was now it was just that gaping hole and that raw nerve and i wasn't doing oh, yeah. anything to tend to it you were like in stasis and i was still you know what i mean like you were just away up, from getting sober. yeah mm-hmm. so you were just upright with no program just like there's nothing there to replace like you said no replacement nothing to plug that hole mm-hmm. i wasn't even i wasn't even looking inward to try and do it i was just no, like you just had a doctor in the pike marketplace tell you you need to quit drinking because your liver was gonna fall out basically and then he's like here take some of these chinese herbs basically yeah mm-hmm. and you're like oh, he's a quack so and you know he might have been a quack but he was uh i i felt like he was he had some good advice he told me to quit drinking he also told me to quit eating so much salt sugar and fat i mean these... which is all the shit that fucked you up yeah and that period of your life you yeah know? yeah but uh, but also i was a giant alcoholic at the time mm-hmm. i was doing salt sugar and fat i don't know why my fucking phone's blowing up next to the That's mic right. but <laughs> um so i mean it's just it's just those things that we did because we didn't know any better i didn't right. know any better you didn't know any mm-hmm. better we were doing the best nope. we could and like 
what an amazing fucking gift to be able to do better every single day. Or even if I don't do better, at least I'm here and I can enjoy those quiet moments of contentment and peace and right. all mm-hmm. the, you know, silly stuff that that is the probably the most important stuff, you know. We call yeah. it silly because we don't wanna it's difficult for us as cynical, jaded people to be in touch with our genuine feelings of love and joy and contentment right. <laughs> you know it's like ah, eh, if you're not angry you're not paying attention or well we have like that weird there's so much it's that weird gen x thing mm-hmm. it's that weird masculine thing mm-hmm. it's that weird fucking masculine alcoholic thing you know it's it's just all crosses over on top of each other you know where we can't yeah show vulnerability fuck that well i mean you and i are from a generation where they told us that boys don't cry but at least I don't know if they told you that, but they told me yeah. that. It wasn't just a really good Cure song. It was actually <laughs> yeah, shit they said to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, if you don't cry, boys don't cry. And I'd be like an infant, like a little kid. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I cry because I'm a fucking little kid. So I think that that, I think those those programs are put into our brains. You know, they yeah. were put into mine and your brain very early on. And then once the, once the program is set, it just starts running on its own. So you, mm-hmm. you just say it to yourself over and over and over. And every single day you think about that awful moment where you were upset and sad and somebody told you to fucking toughen up. Toughen pussy. up. <laughs> and then so toughen you. Toughen up your little fucking ding so dong. So what do you, you think is going to happen? You get, then you're going to drink over it? That. Yeah. You're gonna, gonna drink over it. I was eight. I was like, yes, I am gonna drink over <laughs> yes. it. You have no idea. <laughs> Give me another juice box. And my mom still always says that. You were the youngest drunk I ever met without a drink. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I uh um what was it? Somebody once told me something. They were like, I didn't start drinking in third grade, but I could have used one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I love that, dude. I fucking love that. That's still to this day. Right? Like and even I I don't know, that's just one of the things I love about people in recovery too, is they can kind of fucking joke about that shit. And mm-hmm. I think it's so funny. Like I remember asking my mom, my mom wasn't even forty yet and she had four kids. She was like younger than me and had four kids and I was like already grown. And I was like, How did you deal with this all? And she's like, I drank. <laughs> You know, and it just made me laugh because she was 100% sincere. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, I got drunk all the time. That's the only way I could deal with raising children was getting drunk. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 I think while I was drinking, it would have bummed me out. It would have been like, that's fucked up, mom. But now that I'm not drinking, I'm like, I don't blame you, dude. I understand. Yeah, you earned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it was, it was hard. It was painful. And these were the tools that she was given, that she had at the time. You know? And yeah. Like just even the the, I think too we get into that sort of arrested development phase where we're drinking so much we're not we haven't grown we're not interested in learning I wasn't interested in learning I was interested in seeming smart I was interested well, in seeming yeah, come on. clever yeah. or intelligent mm-hmm. or well read I would you know it wasn't so much about reading the books it was more about having them on the bookshelf now granted I did read a fair amount um, but still it was more about like. How did it, how does it look that I've read these books? How does it look that I listen to this music? How does it look that right? What what uh dead your image? Mm-hmm. Like what am I putting forward for my image? What gives me depth of character? It was exactly. Let's put that on the outside. That's what right. that's what gives me depth of character and personality. Right. And to be dark right. and brooding is it just sounds exhausting nowadays. It really does. <laughs> It really does. Even in my four, yes, it does. Even though I was known for it forever, and they're still like, "Oh, Jerry, he's a sad guy," and I'm like, "I'm not sad. I just tend to 
gravitate towards sad things. I like them. Maudlin. <laughs> I like Maudlin, yeah, man. I, I should do. have been a fucking actor. Mm-hmm. Should have been a Shakespearean like tragedy that just would have been my stock and parcel is just tragedy. And then every once in a while I'll come out like a comedic role, blow everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. You go from Iago to uh, was he? He was a Shakespeare, right? That's a character. Yeah. To, yeah. to uh, yeah to like there's something about Mary. Something. Which there's something. Not that has not aged well. Has not. Something aged about great. Jerry. <laughs> something about Jerry. Is that hair gel? It's them farts though. <laughs> Oh man, um, but yeah, so it's just the decline, the g- degeneration, and the deterioration are such real things. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm like, fuck, why did I let it go so long? God, I wish. Well, because because I couldn't, I didn't have anything else to deal with, to work with. Well, I, you didn't know any other way until you had to do the do it the right, you know, not the right way, but do it the way you're doing it. I had to, you know? I had to hit the bottom. That's the right way it. for you. But do right. you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't know any other way until you started doing the other way, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have unless you were open to doing the other way. So now we're here. Right. We're open. Get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do. I do, a couple of things too, and we I, we haven't touched on this um, before we before we go today. Um, our friend Casey Deck, friend of the pod. He just celebrated a year sober, which is super exciting. Yeah, and he's an old That's rad. He's an old drinking friend of ours. Um mm-hmm. from way back in the day. He was more I think originally I met him through you and how did you meet him? He's my you, old roommate. He's your old roommate. I met him through an, another person I met okay. here in Eugene. Okay. He was yeah. like one of the first people I met in okay. Eugene actually right. in the early nineties. Yeah. Um and so he, you know, he used to be a hard drinking dude too, and um, but he just celebrated a year sober and i see him on my my running app and he's always like fucking keeping up killer he's got a killer pace like he'll be doing yeah. like eight and nine minute miles that's I'm fucking just, crazy i know um, i'm over here at 12 being like yeah suck it if you, you can know do, doing, if you can do five an hour 12 dude, to 11 that's fucking awesome if you can keep yeah. keep that up and just work on the pace and are the uh the form you'll be awesome do a 5k an hour yeah that's five. No, oh, five miles. Five, no, that's a 12 minutes. I can't minutes. do five miles an hour. Sure you can if you're doing a 12 minute. Oh, no, but I'm not doing them consistently, though. That's just oh, okay. the first mile, and then I get tired. <laughs> that's okay. I stop, have a picnic, drink a couple cups of coffee, you mm-hmm. know. I do. And then um, I just wanted to I have say, a baguette. I go get my running baguette. Go oh, ahead, you do? Sorry. You have a running baguette? Is it baguette yeah. or baguette? Baguette? Baguette. No, for running, it's baguette. Normally, for dinner, it's baguette. Okay. But when you run, it's baguette. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the, I wanted to say thank you to our latest uh, patron on Patreon, uh, Kyle Frame, um, joined us just recently. So that's thanks, that's Kyle. Awesome. We appreciate. I mean, yeah. all of you guys that listen, all of you guys that write in. I will say this again. Um, I'm totally fascinated by you people on the other side of the world. Like any of the international uh, people outside of the United States, I would love to hear how you found our podcast, how you listen to it, and. Um, and what it's like being in recovery or being interested in sobriety in another country. Like when I see Beijing or Australia or Dublin or yeah. uh, even South Africa, like what the fuck? Like this is, it might as well be a whole other planet. And it's, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I think that's, that's it. Unless there's something yeah. else, Jerry. Is there anything? Talk about my, uh, 
personalized baguette holder uh, for running this <laughs> like, mesh it i where it's like a sling like a like a courier bag like like a you like one of those running yeah baguette. it's yeah. like a like a um a quiver like a like a quiver for arrows but it's just got one big piece of bread that i eat when i run thanks again for listening our music as always is by neglect you can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com and you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.